Hi everyone, welcome to Movies at Midnight podcast, where we discuss movies that we've watched and do some traveling inspired by their filming locations or the themes of the film. I'm Tanya. And I'm Jorge. And today we are talking about 2016's Lights Out. Or 13. Oh, or 13. A little bit of both. No, a little bit of 2013. A lot of the 2016. uh, Both directed by David F. Sandberg. I think we'll give some impressions of the the full-length feature film first. Spoiler-free. I know it's old. All right, I'll go first. I definitely like the concept overall. I think it's a really cool, interesting movie villain, horror villain. It definitely gives me Samara vibes and that one urban legend or ghost tale where the monster like hides in empty space. So like the space between your bed sheets or door cracks, creepy things like that. As a concept, I really like it. As a movie, it's a little lacking for me. <laughs> The family drama is, um, it's, it's there. <laughs> yeah, and I really like this film, the villain. I really enjoy the appearing and disappearing. And a lot of us are scared of the dark and playing to our own fears. So when I can relate to something, it I was more scared. But theme-wise, and once the film establishes certain rules for the the villain or the, or, or the world, it's like, stay consistent and it kind of changes throughout the film which kind of throws it off but also i was uh, doing some research on this film and sandberg had an alternate ending rather than the theater ending and we'll we'll get to it um towards the review that maybe it was originally designed to be a little bit different but audience reacted otherwise oh i didn't know that cool i'm gonna learn something today (laughs) david sandberg i think he does he's done a few short horror films but this particular one that he made, Lights Out, in 2013 was, what, like three minutes? Yeah, not even that. And it went viral, mm-hmm. caught the attention of James Wan. Yeah, the big fellow studios. Producers. And... Yeah, and he got a feature length. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, and it, it really jump-started his career because he ended up doing uh, Lights Out in 2016, and then he did some work with uh, Annabelle, and now he's yeah. doing Shazam. And, oh, okay. Which, uh... I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Lights Out 2 coming out, but then there's no trailer, there's no release date, and it seems like Sandberg is just uh, really busy with other films. Uh, I thought the short was really effective. It was tight, obviously. No story, because it's all about the scares, but yeah, it really showcases the whole lore of the villain and this really interesting concept of just what's there in the dark that isn't in the light. Yeah, and uh, it's one of those where it's like, the more simple it is, the more effective. It is, and it's something that all of us go through. The short follows a a woman who's, I guess, going to her bedroom and turns off the light and sees a silhouette of of a shadowy figure when she turns off the light. So she flicks the light back on and then the figure's not there. So it really plays on our own imaginations when we're, you know, going to bed for the night and we turn off the light. Or as kids, we think that there's monsters in the basement or, you know monsters under our bed where evil resides in the darkness but we turn on the light and it's not there yeah also how many times is something lacking in information and then your own imagination just runs wild i think it's really smart to utilize the audience's 
imagination, which, you know, they explained a little bit more in the film, which I think personally took away from the villain, but yeah, we can get into that. So let's uh, get into the film, the 2016 feature-length film. All right, we start out in a warehouse, mannequin warehouse. No, I'm sure it's for clothes, but yeah, I just I like to think, textile. <laughs> I just like to think that it's a warehouse where the dad specifically works as a mannequin maker and mm-hmm. store, etc. <laughs> but we, um, yeah, we start off with a man and he is not zooming because it's 2016, I assume, yeah. Skyping <laughs> with his son. And they're talking about the mom, the little boy saying, oh, she's, she's sick. She's talking to herself again. And the dad's like, I'm going to be home soon. Yeah, and then we go to one of his employees who's uh, wrapping up the mannequin factory and she's turning off these lights. And if you look at, I guess, the scene, and I guess it's, it's a hallway, and I'm thinking like ocean compliance wise, it's one of those uh, worst lit employee oh. <laughs> scenarios where it's like these lights are in circles, but then you have all these dark areas around where it's like, how, how do you run a warehouse this way and your employees aren't getting hurt? Well, anyway, she turns off the light and she sees this dark figure. So naturally she turns on the light and the the figure goes away and this is what I thought was really cool and what grabbed me from the short and the film and it kind of separates others is this creature can get really close to them because she turns off the light and on the light and it's like each time the villain's getting closer and closer she kind of runs to her boss's office saying hey something is uh something's in the warehouse. Yeah or someone um I like that segment. It felt like its own little contained short film. Oh yeah, when she's flicking the lights on and off, the last time she flicks it off, the creature's like two feet in front of her. And then she immediately flicks it back on and runs. I feel like in my panic state, I would have just ran yeah. and not flicked the light back on. That's mm-hmm. not like an immediate reaction. Yeah. So good for her for turning that light back on. Her yeah. brain works fast. <laughs> yeah, and speaking to that, the characters in this film think and react extremely fast like there's some actions of some of the characters where i was like whoa i wouldn't have thought to do that yeah and speaking of that that employee leaves the office goes home and the dad's packing up to go home as well mm-hmm. and he goes into that hallway you were talking about with the circle lights yeah. and he sees the figure again and then it keeps getting closer and closer or something oh the lights go out they're like motion yeah. detected so he so waves them back like... on and when he waves him back on, she's closer. But then he notices that she is, like, outside of the light and she won't come in. I keep calling her her because we find yeah, out later who it is and all of that. But he deduces from that that, yeah, this being, this creature can't come into the light, which, again, fast thinking. I don't think I would have figured that yeah. out right away. Yeah, he, like, runs to, like, a little office. Um, and I think he ends up staying there. The lights go out and it sounds like, I was like... It's human origami because it just, you hear like, yeah. And I was like, oh, it sounds like she folded him up. <laughs> but, and then he gets dropped and the lights turn on and he's missing his eyes. I don't remember. It, because later the cops show up with missing eyes too, I thought. Okay. It's hard to yeah. tell exactly, but I was, yeah. oh, if that's a thing, that's kind of curious because maybe it's like, like this character has to do with being seen and being seen in the light and she has her own issues with being in the light. So it was, a curious thing that she took their eyes so maybe that they would always be in the dark and she could always get to them maybe. well that's more of a mental thing though because yeah. 
they could still physically yeah, be blind and in the light. I guess the film doesn't really go anywhere with the eyes later. No. I mean, maybe it was just one of those nice little touches. If you mm-hmm. notice it, you notice it. But yeah. go ahead. Yeah, one thing we didn't mention, and I don't remember if it was the the dad or the employee, but on one of the times when they first turn off the light, the villain or the sh- the shadow creature is like crouching down and into a ball. And, you know, they turn on the lights and it's gone. And then when they turn it back off, she ends up like standing up. And watching that, I was just like, oh, shit. It's, <laughs> it's, you see her hands and it looks like she has like almost knives, like, um, yeah, claws, claws or something. Cause, uh, when, when the dad's running away, she ends up sl- like slashing oh, his, yeah. his leg. Um, yeah, something like that, which she never or, does again, right? I don't know. I, yeah, I guess I don't remember. But it was one of those where, as I was watching this, and, and you know, the rules of the, the world are being established, it's like, she only exists in the dark, she can't come to the light, but physically she can hurt you, because um, she was able to cut his, his cl- through his clothes and onto his skin. Yeah, and she grabs a lot of people later yeah. in the film. And she, yeah, she like she'll straight up pick people up. Yeah. So I don't know what the rules are for her. Yeah. Like they change a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm just kind of want consistency. And yeah, I think other people have said it too, especially in horror movies. When you have a villain, it's important to establish their rules within that universe and then stick to them. So then, as an audience member, you know what the fear is. Yeah. Oh, this is something since it happened in the first scene, and it will happen throughout that I didn't like is when the dad goes into his office, the lights start flickering. I don't like that she can control the lights. Yeah. It takes away this element of playing a game and being able to outsmart her mm-hmm. and like think your way out if she can just turn off the lights. Yeah, because um, so. and this is something that just kind of goes back and forth where she sometimes cuts like the 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 wiring the wires yeah. for the, for the lights so it's like okay she's physically doing this like she can interact with the real world but does she have some sort of like electromagnetic field where yeah. like when she gets around lights they they start flickering in and out or is that just like you're so lucky that the people you're after live in a place with like the worst wiring ever. Yeah, but they don't pay their but it's like bills. the electricity is fine and then they get scared and now it's like flickering. And I, I get it, you know, it builds drama and tension to see, oh, the, the flickering. But at the same time, it would be cool if they showed the villain maybe messing with the lights herself. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe that would have been too tacky, but. Or keep it consistent, like you said. Either she's cutting the wires or she has some ability to mess with the yeah. electricity in some spooky way, spooky yeah. phantom way, but it it seems like she does both. It gives her too much power if she mm-hmm. has the ability to turn off yeah. the light and it's not as fun. So the dad dies and that's our opener. So then and we cut to the, we <laughs> the title. We cut to our main character, Becca, and her boyfriend, Brett. It's such a weird tone. Mm-hmm. It feels like a weird rom-com. And I do remember this. It's weird, the things you remember. But I remember this scene from the trailers. It's a scene of them like in bed and him trying to stay and her kicking him out. And you can tell that he really likes her, but she is just too cool for that. She really annoys me. I'm going to be upfront. This is a very annoying, selfish character to me. But I remember in the trailer seeing that scene, and I had no idea it was a horror movie. 
I thought it was a rom-com. It was odd. <laughs> yeah, but it, I, I think it just kind of establishes the type of character that um, Becca is where we, we find out later that she kind of ran off from the family and is doing her own thing and she's having a difficult time committing to a relationship with this boy. They've been, I guess, seeing each other for like eight months and he's like, you won't even call me your boyfriend. Um, so clearly he's invested in her and wants to build a more serious relationship, but she's like unwilling to commit. Yeah, and that's fine. That's a perfectly fine character trait, but the way they, ha- they wrote her, it was just frustrating because they made her so unlikable and so selfish. And I'm like, we should like our main, I don't know if you liked her, but we should like our main character. I, w- I wouldn't say that I disliked her character, but she wasn't a character that you're rooting for, that you're like, oh, I really enjoyed this character. I definitely liked Martin, her little brother, oh, a lot so more. Cute. <laughs> and, and Brett. I really liked Brett's character. Maybe a little bit like he did too much, where I was like, oh, realistically, would uh, somebody else do all this? For, for, for the, someone who's not, who's not reciprocating. Yeah. It's not even that. It's that she's not even reciprocating that she likes being around him. That's the thing. It's not that she's cold and she's a little closed off. She like actively lets you know that she's too cool for you and that she doesn't like being around you. She's like, oh, <laughs> you again? Fine. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> be Be nice. Be a nice human being. Stop yeah. this. So then there's this weird transition from... Becca's photos to the photos in Martin and his mother's house. Mm-hmm. And Martin is her, is Becca's younger brother. Half brother. Half brother? Okay. Uh, so the transition is into some other photographs. And do they have like a frame, do they have a framed newspaper clipping of the, d- the dad's yeah. death? That's so odd. Yeah. Like, I understand keeping it maybe if. And maybe it wasn't framed, but they definitely show it, I guess, just to kind of... I'm pretty sure it was framed. I'm pretty sure it was with the rest of the photos. I'm I'm thinking, why would you want to be reminded of that daily? That's so sad. But hey, people grieve in the ways that they grieve, I guess. So we get a scene with Martin at night and his mom. And he walks into her room to see her pacing around, talking to nothing, no one, presumably, but she's like, oh, did we wake you? And then we're like, oh, who's we? Mm-hmm. Kind of a vibe. Martin's scared, and he sees, she She tells him to go to bed, that it's not safe to be out at night. Yeah, yeah so and, get, and she's by the door. Yeah. Um, like, I don't remember if, if the door is only ajar, a, a small amount, and she's kind of like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I had a note that these rooms and these closets are just they open up into the void mm-hmm. i'm like there's no light getting in yeah. and it's right next to a well-lit room and then this closet or this other room is completely dark and i'm like how <laughs> <laughs> but yeah whatever she tells him to go to bed and um and he does and he's just scared in bed and then we cut yeah well um be- before he runs off to the room you do see a silhouette of like a hand come in by the door which you know scares him as a little boy this is where not to go back to the rules of the villain but Mm. i i struggled through this film on how and i'm just going to call her diana already diana the 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 shadowy figure the ghost the the villain is she attached to the mom is she attached to the boy or is she just kind of like this omnipotent being that can be wherever she actually wants to be and just happens to be around the mom uh sophie because if if she's talking to sophie and she's there why go after uh, martin yeah um 
She, yeah, I do have thoughts about that as well. But for that, for right now, I'll just say she always says, Diana always says, leave me and your mother alone. And right. I'm like, if you left them alone, they'd probably yeah. leave you and, alone. And it's like, if, she, if her hand came out to scare the boy, the boy leaves and now she's left alone, Diana and Sophie are left alone, then I feel like she got what she wanted. But then now she goes oh, after yeah. the boy. And, and so Martin's scared in his room and then same thing, lights start flickering and stuff and um, it's clearly affecting his sleep. Yeah, because then in the next scene, it, we cut to like a nurse's mm-hmm. office yeah, I, at I think school it's nurse. and he's like sleeping. Becca shows up with Brett. Yeah, because they, they tried contacting the mom and the mom's not answering. So we're not sure if, if she's asleep or, or yeah. what's going on. So the nurse asks them if there's anyone else that they can call. Yeah. And so they call the, the half-sister. So the, the half-sister shows up, yeah, with the boyfriend, or not boyfriend. Yeah. I just was thinking, too, now, I was like, what do these people do for work? Because yeah. the, they're always running around during the middle of the day. The mom's always at home. or Yeah. It's fine. And I think we can infer that the, the dad, the husband from the textile factory, was probably the, the primary income generator because oh. um, later in in the film she uh sophie the mom talks about how he made her feel strong and taken care of um, but we really don't know sophie's employment or, or what she does to generate income we also don't know becca's uh, or brett's it doesn't matter i yeah. was just commenting i thought it was funny so when when they're with the nurse i guess a social worker starts talking to cps yeah child pr- protection services, services. Starts talking to Becca about the home situation. You know, she finds out Becca doesn't live with them. And then Becca tells the the worker that their mom has depression and she's taking meds. She's kind of rude. This is, see, this is why I don't like her. She's pretty rude about it. I don't think she says anything as diplomatic as that. She calls her mom crazy numerous times throughout the film. And I'm just like, can you stop calling people crazy? What are you, especially your mom? Mm -hmm. All right, whatever. She's yeah, rude. And and maybe in 2016, I guess like mental illness wasn't talked about as much. Um, yeah. And I think it was just like a generic word, crazy. Because even in other conversations, um, you know, like Martin asked Becca, like, "Are moms crazy? Are we crazy?" And like, yeah, but look Becca who he's tells... talking to. Of course, he's going to use that verbiage. That's what yeah. Becca says. Yeah. No, but I only want also wanted to say like, she's not saying. You're crazy. Even back then when you say, oh, you're crazy, it's not exactly a flattering term. You mean it as an insult. So why call your mom crazy? I think that's pretty messed up. But just saying, just (laughs) more points against her character. The CPS lady is trying to talk to uh, Becca about Martin's situation. And Becca's like, what did she say? It comes out that Becca left, like she doesn't live with the mom anymore. Even though she's like a twenty-something-year-old, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> like, why are they asking why she lives with, why she doesn't live with her mom anymore? Mm-hmm. But she's like, oh, I don't live there anymore. My deal's much more complicated. And I thought it was so funny because the CPS woman was like, yeah. So about Martin. I'm Emma. I'm with Child Services. I was assigned to Martin after your father died last. Stepfather. Day. Excuse me. He was my stepfather. My dad ran off when I was ten. Did not come oh. back. If we could just. Talk about Martin for a minute. Yeah, we don't care about, like, she's here about Martin. What's wrong with you? And that's not, she does that all the time in the film. That's why it's so frustrating. <laughs> she keeps making everything about herself. And I'm like, 
your brothers and a half brothers mm-hmm. in a very dangerous situation. Your mother is very ill. Have some. Com- she has no compassion for anyone. It's so yeah. ridiculous. And then I wonder how like the CPS worker was feeling because when Becca's gonna take Martin home, he makes a strong suggestion that he doesn't want to go home. He wants to go to Becca's place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like the CPS person would have been like, wait, why don't you want to go home? What's going on at home? But like the CPS lady is just like, okay, take take Martin because Becca's like, I'm not taking you to my place. We're going to go to your mom's house. Brett drives him. Poor Brett. He's the one driving Becca everywhere. Yeah, boyfriend of the year, Brett. Not boyfriend of the year, <laughs> just person of the year who is occasionally hanging out with Becca because she won't <laughs> call him her boyfriend. Uh, but yeah, so they take Martin to the mom's house, and before they before they get inside, Martin brings up Diana, like, oh, Diana's been visiting mom, and this kind of makes Becca pause, because I guess that's, it's more so implied, but that's kind of the reason she left. Her mom has depression. Mm-hmm. That's also implied, or do they outright say no, that? No, yeah, they, they outright... I think they say that she's de- she has depression, and that's why. She was on meds. And so it wasn't just the way the mom behaved, but it was also Diana was involved somehow Mm -hmm. because Becca recognizes the name and she's like, she doesn't say that's why she leaves, why she had left, but she did leave. Well, they, I think, I don't remember where in the movie they start talking about it, but it's revealed that Becca's dad leaves the family. That's right. Yeah. Um, And then when Martin says the name Diana, Becca's taking it back and remembering that as a child, she used to have nightmares because she, she kind of says like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I thought it was like in my head. She still thinks it is at this point. Yeah. She's like, oh, don't worry about it. Diana's not real. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, or maybe she thinks that Diana is something her mom made up because I'm like, if you don't think she's real, why does Martin know who Diana yeah. is? But yeah, she probably thinks at this point it's someone or something yeah. that her mom made up. And. I don't know if later on she realizes that Diana is real, but she there's a scene later in the movie where she tells Martin, I'm going to tell you something that nobody ever told me, and that that is that I believe you that Diana is real. So I feel like as a child, she was talking about Diana and nobody believed her. Yeah. But I like, why wouldn't the mom be like, oh, I, I knew Diana. Maybe it's like a imaginary friend mm-hmm. type thing that Becca had as a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did read the director was saying, oh, I thought it was a creepy idea that instead of having a child with an imaginary friend, you have an adult with an yeah. imaginary friend. So definitely get those vibes. That is a good point that you make about Becca saying, oh, no one believed me about Diana, because we see later that the mom even tries to introduce Martin to Diana. So it's like, yeah. why wouldn't the mom have then back then said, yeah. oh, yeah, Becca, she's real and she's mm-hmm. going to live with us and she's our friend because she kind of does that with Martin. Yeah. So. Just interesting. I feel like to lengthen and stretch out the film, they added backstory and backstory to Diana, the villain, and backstory to the family. Mm -hmm. But it's oddly, even though it's longer, it's not well fleshed out. There's weird gaps that don't make sense to me. Like it's good context, but I think poor execution on how how they did it. Because it's really cool finding out some of the backstories of diana and sophie as a child Mm -hmm. but then the way they kind of do it is just like blah exposition dump here's here's everything you need to know yeah that happens a lot yeah i have things to say about that later (laughs) (laughs) so becca takes martin home and she's talking to the mom about 
him not sleeping and things like that. And it's somehow revealed that the mom isn't taking her medication. Mm-hmm. I think um, she, Becca just asks her, like, oh, yeah. are you taking your meds? And I don't remember. Maybe the mom yeah. says, like, essentially, no. <laughs> yeah. But she also asks if she's seeing a therapist. And the mom's like, I don't want to be talking to a stranger about my problems. And this is where I feel like since Sophie grew up, Diana lost her grafts to her. Like mm-hmm. they say Diana latches on to, to people. And when Becca was a small child, Diana was coming back. And I'm assuming that... They met when they were small children. Yeah, Sophie and Diana met when they were children. I mean, she, Diana is a metaphor for depression. But I think the metaphors mixed with the reality is messy. But well, see, ahead. like that that's where like this movie... I don't want to say contradicts, but like why I don't think it's that good, because I'm like, if Diana is a metaphor for depression, then this way. But if she's more of a ghost poltergeist, uh, you know, supernatural being, then it's this way. Um, And the movie kind of goes in both directions and then crosses over, which as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, why, why? Why go this way and then that way? That was like kind of my problem with it too. I mean, might as well just say it now because we're talking yeah. about it already. But I felt like it was weird because they tried to make her this metaphor for depression. But then they also tried to make her a real person. But then in trying to turn her from a real person into this spooky being, that was messy and clumsy and kind of yeah. comical. So I feel like Sophie's interaction with Diana's increases whenever Sophie's not taking her medication. With um, Sophie taking her meds and being in a better state of mind, it's much more difficult for Diana to, I guess, latch herself on. And that's where I was like, okay, Diana can be seen as a metaphor for depression, or that is her depression, because when she's not on meds, she comes back. But there was a time between Becca leaving and now, where I guess Sophie was back on meds because then she met Martin's dad and got Mm -hmm. better. Um, but I would have thought that Becca's dad leaves, then she's getting depressed, Diana comes, then now Becca leaves, and, like, the mom would have been even more and more depressed. Like, I wonder what went on with Sophie to, one, attract Martin's dad, who seemed like a successful business owner, um, to want to marry, I think they were married, you know, and have a kid with, with Sophie, and then if she's living this life, what led her to want to stop taking her medication? Because Diana had came back and ends up killing, killing the dad. Yeah, so it's, it's like gaps like that, that I agree is why I'm like, you made it a longer film, but what about this? What about Mm -hmm. that? And then also, I kind of got the impression that Diana influences her to stop taking the meds. But how? If she's can only be around when when uh sophie is unwell mm-hmm. so i took issue with that too yeah and, and maybe it's like you're having a bad day yeah. diana creeps in and um kind of starts growing within yeah, her that's which... true i don't want to keep calling it messy because i've already <laughs> said it like five times but yeah i agree so then becca ends up taking martin back with her to her apartment and it was kind of cruel because Martin's loading up his stuff into the truck and they're taking him away. And the mom is having like a full-blown breakdown. She's crying. She's mm-hmm. like, do not take him away from me. It's really sad. And yeah. that's why I was just like, 
Becca, you can't yeah. leave your mom in this state. Call someone or, or talk it out. Like, she is having a breakdown or a panic attack or both. Oh, my gosh. But she yeah, just leaves. And even uh, Brett, you know, number one person in this, <laughs> in this film. Maybe Martin. Yeah. He, or... he even tells uh, Becca, like, are you taking Martin away to help him or are you doing it to hurt her? He knows what's up. Brett yeah, knows what's up. Like, he even sees it, and maybe that was kind of like the director's way of hinting the audience, like, mm-hmm. you know, what, what are Becca's motives? And that's where, you know, some of her selfishness comes in. It seems clearly there's some um, unresolved issues between Becca and her mom. Yeah, which I'm fine with, and that makes for an interesting film. And characters can be unlikable but it has to be done on purpose mm-hmm. and i feel as though she's our main character we're supposed to be behind her but she's not written in a way that we are what if she is like really kind and loving to her brother which they kind of try to do but it's still not that great like give her good qualities and then the bad qualities are things that we can understand like we could understand why she has such a bad relationship with her mother mm-hmm. because flawed characters are really interesting they're more interesting so i like the idea of her having these issues it makes sense for her to have these issues and to be selfish but it just yeah i don't think it was executed well yeah and well enough i think some of that spawns from her dad leaving the family Mm. originally on and i feel like she blames her mom and the film doesn't really hint at why the dad leaves until closer to the end of the film. We find yeah. out what, what happened with the dad. But I think that's something that Becca blames her mom. Like, you kind of made my dad leave because mm-hmm. of your mental illness or something. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of resentment there, which would be very interesting. Yeah, to just have an honest conversation about. Yeah. It definitely make me like her more. Yeah, and I mean, even in that confrontation, they could have done a scene where, like, Becca just straight up blames her mom, like, you made dad leave. And, like, the mom could have been, like, no, whatever other reason happened. Like, they could have done that, but they chose not to. Yeah. Or do something emotional where Becca's like, yeah, I blame you for ev- for all of this, for everything. Mm-hmm. And you hurt me really bad and you destroyed me. And, look, and- I can't even be open with someone I really like. like. I kick him out in the middle of the night, even though I want him to stay. But, I would never get that from her. I would never get that she actually wanted him to stay. She seems so mean. (laughs) This next scene, we're at Becca's house. It's night. They're sleeping. This was another good little segment. I felt was like a short, another short. Mm -hmm. Becca sleeping in her bed with a super obnoxious red blinking light. Like the business next door. She sees like this figure crouched down and obviously she thinks it's Martin at first. It's Mm -hmm. like scratching. If I saw that, I would not be spending five minutes like, is that a person? Yeah. Is that not a person? <laughs> is that my little brother Martin with who grew his hair super long in the span of one night? Yeah. The red light comes on, and then Becca runs for another light switch. Yeah, and in, in that scene, the cinematography is done through Becca's eyes and I guess height. So it's you're you're seeing the bed and it's looked a little bit downward mm. on her crouching down, but I really think it would have been much more effective and granted diana's size is never really like um that prominent Mm -hmm. but just to see that dark figure rise i think it would have been really cool if they did it 
maybe from Martin's point of view, he gets scared, goes under the bed and and sees it, um, or even Diana going under the bed if she was scared. But I think it would have been a much more effective because they keep getting her starting from the ground That's and, a good and, and point. coming yeah. up where it's like... And they never utilize it to yeah. its full. I mean, I already think it's a very scary scene. It's, it's one of those, like I said, it plays with your own... Fear of the dark. Your own fear of the dark. Um, and the creature's there. And I just think it would have been a much scarier scene if if you saw it get, you know, bigger and bigger. Yeah. But clearly the body size of Diana is like this tiny, uh, like almost frail, skinny woman. Yeah. But that's why you mess around with camera angles. And that's why you have all these these different shots in filmmaking, because it didn't even have to be someone's vantage point. Just it's a cool shot. It's a cool shot. Put the camera low, do an upshot of her standing Mm -hmm. up. That's a really good point, because, yeah, they do utilize that her standing up a couple of times it's like why not go all out Mm -hmm. do it with the camera angle too this is something that annoyed me i don't know if it happened in this scene as well but it happens in a few other scenes and this is what i mean about character consistency um ability consistency i think at one point like the characters always go to like turn on the lamp and the lamp doesn't turn Mm -hmm. on but then they'll go and they'll flip the switch and the lights do turn on so it's like which is it what is going on (laughs) Does she only yeah. have control over like individual light bulbs, Certain, but yeah. not the whole circuitry, and that's why she has to cut the electricity, but not a she, lamp. She has access to things plugged into a power strip, <laughs> but not something directly on the wall. Apparently, yeah. yeah. And um, and then that's what I mean by like the consistency of that creature. It's like either go all out and you can control the power grid of the city, or have her mess with the with the bulb or something. Yeah. You know. I agree. Um, but um, I think she finds that Martin was asleep in the tub with a flashlight, yeah. and then CPS shows up, tells her, you can't just take Martin like mm-hmm. that, and then takes him away, takes him to school. But after all of that, she goes, I guess she just thinks that that was a fantasy in her head. But well, then, So in, I guess in that scene, when, when she's home alone, she sees uh, the floor and saw the the name diana spelled out in a little stick figure yeah which draws her memory of a time when she was a little girl and she drew a picture of her mom the dad and her Mm -hmm. and then she gets scared the picture disappears and she hears something going on in the closet and this i thought was a really cool scene because she opens the door and the lights are off and then she turns on the light and the drawing is like way up here oh, yeah. and the drawing falls. Yeah. Becca sees the picture and the dad's crossed out. Yeah. And now it's And Diana's in between yeah. Becca and the and, mom. Yeah. And she has like this black figurine and mm-hmm. I think I don't know how this tells Becca, whoa, Diana really is real. Yeah. It's not in my mind. It I guess she it was a repressed memory, I guess. Yeah. Because that's what I mean. Like, she, I guess she had assumed that that last night was just a dream or something. But then when she sees Diana etched into the floor, she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, oh. she has that flashback. Yeah. And now she suddenly believes, yeah. oh. Because then she calls up poor Brett to be like, drive me to my mom's house. Mm-hmm. And she's like, the bitch is real. Yeah. And I'm like, but everything's based on your memory. So what now convinced you? But whatever, it's fine. Yeah, and I think this is where we transition into the exposition dump because now Becca's like, no, Diana is real and I want to find out more about her. Yeah, they're going to her mom's house, Sophie's mm-hmm. house, for proof. Yeah. Although I don't know 
Like, why would you go to your mom's house? I guess, like, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too, though. <laughs> but it's like, she goes into her stepdad's office. Yeah. And her stepdad has, like, everything you could ever want on Diana's <laughs> uh, profile. They find out that Diana was a patient at... Uh, some mental hospital and so the mom and, too sophie because apparently diana didn't know that diana didn't know oh, yeah. that diana sorry becca didn't know that her mom yeah. was ever in an institution oh yeah because i think the first thing she finds is a photo yeah of these two little girls which one is like in sunnydale california yeah. and the other one's like wednesday adams yeah she's a little umbrella you can't see her figure at all she's yeah. or you can't see her any of her features because she's on black i mm -hmm. said she looked like a an edward gory illustration yeah. but sure Ed, amy amy yeah. adams yeah and, wednesday adams <laughs> and in the back you know you see sophie and diana she's going through this box and sees um records where oh, i'm yeah. like so now now you can infer that the stepdad I guess, interacted with Diana, and I guess he started doing research as well. Yeah, but Martin says it a, scene late, a few scenes later, because I, when she first found all this information, I was like, why does the mom have that institution's, all of their records? Yeah. How does she have that? But yeah, Martin yeah, explains it away, like, oh, dad was doing research. Yeah, and it's like, why would the hospital give non-family members, <laughs> like you know like the the, the records um, yeah i don't know like how we, that we don't know if the is. hospital is still <laughs> operational or maybe it uh broke and they, they broke in and stole some of those records mm. but you find out that diana was a patient there and she has a condition a rare where, skin condition yeah where she's extremely sensitive to light so we don't know if she's sensitive to sun rays being uv light or just the light in general but you also find out that she's befriended another child sophie which is their mom yeah they say that she's really violent yeah and that she likes to screw with other people and she's become very attached to yeah. sophie and yeah and they she say gets... she like messes with people's minds like yeah. she's able to get into their that's heads. what i thought she was yeah, yeah she reminded me of samara then because i was like oh yeah. that's cool go that route yeah. like she can get into people's heads make them do things mm -hmm. Oh, because that also reminded me of Samara, because they said that they had found her locked up in a basement, and the dad had killed himself. Yeah. Her dad, Diana's dad, had killed mm -hmm. himself. So I was kind of like, I was curious now, I want to know more. Was she locked up in the basement because she had that rare con skin condition, and it made her violent, and the dad couldn't handle her, and she was like getting inside his head? Mm -hmm. Or was he a horrible dad, well, more of a horrible dad, and locked her in the basement, and she developed it because she was never in the sunlight? And then, yeah. I don't know, like, yeah, so many they, questions, yeah, like, and, what is it? I'm so like, curious. That's something where you, Go into that. Yeah, I mean, the, the film itself isn't even that long. It was, like, 80 no, minutes yeah. long, where it's, like, you could have developed maybe that some of the prequel. Sometimes. Maybe they were saving it for the sequel or the prequel on how mm -hmm. Diana came to be. But, essentially, the audience can just infer that Diana was able to get into her dad's head. Yeah. And he killed himself. Um, yeah. But it, it could have been that he, he had already locked her in the basement. and Because it's, like, if you find this child in the basement and they have a skin condition, why would you end up at a mental hospital, not like a regular mm. hospital? That's a good point, um, yeah. So they, they send her there. She meets Sophie, and she's like, oh, this is my best friend. Then we also find out that Diana hurt Sophie while they were in the hospital. Sophie was getting better, yeah. so Diana hurt her to keep no. her ill. To keep her, to keep her there, because she doesn't want... And, and so that's when you start hinting at, is she the metaphor, or is she the... She's both. And, and, and I don't think she can both. be both. Uh, At least not in the way that it was. Yeah. 
It's executed. like I feel like you needed to pick one or the other because yeah. it gets very convoluted or just. This is yeah. It kind of takes away from the important issue, which is mental illness. But this is what I was talking about when it gets silly. Oh, and they recorded it. They have like. Oh yeah, the recording where it's like you really have access to these audio files. It's and... not even that. Is that they turned a person of flesh and bone just boom into dust. Yeah. I'm like, excuse me? Hmm. I don't know. They did some weird, what do they call it, experimental treatment yeah. where I assume they just blasted her with a heat ray or a sun yeah, ray. They, it like felt the, so they out used of like light, a... um, essentially some, some experimental so light uh, operation, if you want to call it, and the hospital ends up killing I like Sophie. to think they exploded uh, her into yeah. dust. Because um, they even show like an image and she's just like dust on a chair. And I'm like, did you want that to be scary? Because that yeah. just seems so outlandish. <laughs> and I'm like, if she's not a real human being, and you would establish that from the get-go, like, oh, she's never been, maybe she was never a real person, you know? She was always, yeah. like, something else. Okay, maybe she doesn't have organs and bones like the rest of us, so yeah. she would evaporate or explode, but... Yeah, and, and I mean, they could have... It's just odd. They could have gone the route of, like, Diana didn't exist, Sophie, you were in a mental hospital, oh. you... you... That's you invented good. her like this was your way of coping as a child and yeah, the imaginary friend thing like the, the yeah, director like, wanted you know and and it was like she kept her imaginary friend as she grew up and and diana is really this metaphor for her depression yeah um, oh that'd be so fascinating and, if all those documents somehow proved that no diana was never yeah. a patient she never existed yeah. and it's all been sophie yeah and and even if she if diana did exist it could have been like look when you were at the at the hospital you became really good friends with this girl but then she died and then your your depression got worse you were starting to get better and... what if that's what it really was and we just missed it or too thick we're like oh my god that'd <laughs> yeah, be such a better movie the, and they're like the that and, was the yeah. movie <laughs> um, and and that's how they did it um but they don't play at like sophie getting worse when diana died and that's it's true, like you, you yeah. could have developed these characters more i mean you have the runtime you know the the movie was extremely successful you know horror movies in general are very low budget mm -hmm. so it's like I don't think it would have been that difficult to add a little bit of backstory either way you wanted yeah. to go. But it's like the film keeps it vague, probably purposely, and then tries to do these both avenues. Yeah, that, that's what's so confusing is because I understand how depression ebbs and flows as a mental illness. That makes sense. And I think that's what they're banking on for mm -hmm. why Diana comes and goes. But it doesn't make sense in the in terms of her being a real person because then you're saying oh she only comes around when mom gets sick yeah. or ill and it's just like not a nice one-to-one -one. Yeah. it's like diana makes her ill but then how can she make her ill if i don't know how to explain it in the way you know because like depression kind of like creeps up on you it's insidious mm -hmm. diana feels very blunt it's not a good one-to-one -one because they keep saying oh mom's better mom's on her pills and then Diana showed up, but like, how would Diana get in if mom was doing well? But it's like, depression can always find a way to get in, even if you are doing well and you are taking your uh, medication. But when it's personified as Diana, it just feels like it doesn't fit. Yeah. I don't know. That's probably not very clear. Then Becca keeps exploring the house. She goes to her own room. And she finds the drawing that she had remembered she'd made in the flashback. She's attacked by Diana again. Brett comes in, saves her, and then they leave because they hear her mom. The mom and Martin, Sophie and Mar Martin, come home and they're like, oh, 
let's have a movie night. And it's, it's pretty creepy, I think, because the mom's like, it will be good for the three of us to spend some time together. And mm-hmm. Martin's like, why not just the yeah. two of us? And it's really creepy the way the mom was like, maybe, we'll see. Yeah. I thought that was good because she was like sad, but also creepy. Yeah, you could feel her being like, yeah, I, I want to mm-hmm. it i want to spend time with just you and it to just be yeah. us but i also have this weird draw to diana and this weird mm-hmm. connection during the movie night martin and, and his mom are talking and sophie talks about becca and how becca abandoned her mm-hmm. and i was kind of like well you're the parent that's a little i don't know it felt like she held that against her daughter becca mm-hmm. and i was i was like yeah i could see how you're both hurting but yeah you're still the parent in this situation yeah. interesting yeah, and uh, Sophie also brings up that she she brings up her her uh, late husband, and she tells Martin how he he used to make her feel protected and loved, and I think this is where Diana starts having like an inner struggle on like her family versus her yeah. attachment to Diana, or maybe her own depression. But she starts telling Martin about Diana and how she was a very special girl, and she was her friend. She wants Martin to face his fears. Oh, it um, is pretty creepy is, scene. Yeah. She yeah. starts turning off all the mm-hmm. lights and Martin's like crying and screaming like, yeah. don't do this. Mm-hmm. And so in this scene, I'm like, okay, is Diana the the ghost? And it's like, look, here, I'm going to introduce you to my friend. Mm-hmm. And it's not her depression um, because it's like, I, I'm going to, essentially, I'm going to reveal Diana to you. And, you know, that, that Diana's now going to attach herself to to Martin as well, because one thing that I struggled with this whole film is what's Diana's motive if she's a ghost? Like, does mm-hmm. she like is she just haunting Sophie? And then what's going to happen once Sophie like passes away? Yeah. Which, um, like like you had said earlier, if if Sophie attaches herself to one of the other kids, then she can continue. Yeah. As this ghost like person, or maybe even like depression. Um, right. You know, if it's passed down from generation to generation. That's what I was um, thinking because it's an illness that affects a lot of people she would affect the children or anyone Mm -hmm. honestly yeah yeah so she ends up like turning off all these lights and then martin's freaking out and uh so sophie tells martin that diana's gonna be staying with them and then Mm -hmm. i guess he like turns on the light and like runs away because then in the next scene he runs all the way to becca's place we cut to uh becca and brett talking and he's like why don't you tell me that your mom was in the Oh, mental yeah. hospital which I, I guess she didn't know yeah, and then like know. young boy martin so martin shows up at becca's place and becca doesn't have food because she's too cool for that <laughs> um so she sends brett out for brett she's like brett get us food but then becca and martin are talking about sophie and diana and that this is when she says oh i i'm gonna tell you something that no one's ever told me i believe you mm-hmm. but before that she says she says something like you can talk to me tell me whatever and he starts talking to her and she goes stop you want to talk about it now i know you don't believe me but diana is real she touched my hair i believe you dude you just told him (laughs) that he could confide in you he's trying to confide how about you listen for once becca you are so so (laughs) special i just thought that was kind of funny i love when people are like oh yeah talk to me and then you start talking they're like (laughs) that's funny 
anyways and then there's a knock at the door so becca's like oh it's um it's brett with the food and it's not who was it it was no one oh it was no one and then later that night martin gets attacked by diana Mm -hmm. again it was actually a pretty cool scene because they're like oh i think that's when she opens the door and they're like looking into the light and then all of a sudden martin's like halfway under the bed because i think that's cool and that reminded me of the ghost story where the creature can be within spaces yeah so empty spaces so like under a bed what was that creature in um hilda that lives in all the <gasps> oh no oh, i couldn't remember the niffler nifflers yeah he thinks that is that what they're is that that yeah, they okay. live in all the cracks oh that's so cool they yeah. live in like this infinite so diana's space. trying to take over that space those no they're so happy and lovely <laughs> Right, so then they go back to, so then they decide to go back to Sophie's house, the mom's house, and Brett, Diana, and Martin are all there, and I don't know how long this day is, because now it's dinner time, and they're having dinner with their mom. It's like the never-ending day. (laughs) Because I think through their conversation, Becca and Martin are like, they need to to break this connection Mm -hmm. that Sophie has with Diana. Yeah. And I don't even know if... They don't. They probably don't even know how to break it, but they're like, well, I guess we got to go to mom's house. Martin brings up how the dad was doing research, and Martin's like, we can't break this connection because anytime anyone tries to help Sophie, Diana she kills them. <laughs> get, gets in the way. And so this is where I'm like, okay, clearly Diana is like more of a ghost rather than being like the, the metaphor for depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's less about pushing people away, more mm-hmm. of, like, straight-up murdering people. Yeah. But, yeah, at dinner, um, Becca confronts her mom, and, I don't know, they get into some weird fight, because she's saying, like, oh, you're talking to a dead girl, and you're talking to a ghost, and then the mom's like, no, I'm not, and Diane, what are you talking about? But then she does admit Diana's real, and then Becca's like, okay, let's leave. And I'm like, <laughs> Becca, your mom needs help and martin shows way more compassion and maturity for his mm-hmm. young age and he's like i'm not leaving her Sleep over at my place again tonight no. what do you mean now i know you've been gone a long time but she's our mom she needs us now more than ever so then that convinces becca to stay so then yeah. becca brett and martin are gonna stay the night and i wonder how much of sophie's actions are because of her fear of what Diana would retaliate. Because in, in the next scenes, That's you know, true. we're finding out that Sophie has some sort of deal with Diana where it's like, it's okay for Diana to hurt other people, but she can't hurt her kids. When Becca's telling her mom goodnight or something, the mom hugs her and leaves her a note that says I need help Mm -hmm. um so her way of communicating with Becca without I guess speaking the words because Diana can't see her handing a note yeah um so she couldn't say oh help me I don't want Diana so I think this note symbolizes like the mom reaching out like help me I need help because after this kind of Becca does almost like a 180 on her mom oh but Becca does open the note like right in front of the door and I was like Take that elsewhere and open it. Excuse you. Yeah, so Martin asks Becca to sleep with him for the night, Mm -hmm. and then um, Brett's downstairs on the couch. And I only bring that up because at one point in the night, Martin says that once mom goes to bed, she's in the room all night until morning. So, Mm -hmm. like, mom's pretty much out of the equation. 
and then it's the middle of the night and they have all the lights on and the lights just uh, you see an outside shot of the house and the lights just they're all yeah. cut becca grabs like a crank flashlight yeah. it's one of those ones you crank and the light comes she gets she wakes up it's dark everywhere mm-hmm. i guess she lights a candle for martin but she leaves martin in bed she doesn't wake up hello stick together what are you doing it made yeah. me so mad i was yeah. like ah she goes to look for brett which is i guess is nice because she's never shown much concern for him before but it's at the expense of martin yeah whatever brett is outside looking at the breakers then becca goes to the basement and starts looking at the breakers mm-hmm. is that what they're even called i don't know um but then martin wakes up and is naturally terrified Mm -hmm. and he starts walking around the house with a candle which is a pretty cool looking scene yeah with the candlelight it it definitely makes for like a very ominous scene because i was thinking you know stuff stuff's gonna pop out and stuff or maybe they were gonna set like the house on fire who knows (laughs) but but then he he gets attacked by diana again and kind of sequestered to the basement Mm -hmm. martin like it goes to the basement and then becca and martin are both in the basement and then becca's like it's a trap (laughs) (laughs) and diana slams the door yeah but you know what's interesting which i was thinking about earlier and i didn't mention it is a really cool concept that you can't see diana in the light but how do we always see her we always see her silhouetted but it's like to close that door i feel like she was had to be in some sort of light just what diana's powers are it's like well when the lights turn on like, is she just invisible, but can still do stuff? Does she, like, disappear into the she's never? She's definitely um, gone, because remember, she's been, like, attacking people yeah. and holding things, and the light comes on, and it all stops. Yeah. But, but this is the other thing. I guess she's done it before, but not to this extent. When Martin was walking around the house, he would, like, shine the flashlight here, and she was behind him, and then he'd shine it here, and then she would immediately transport over mm-hmm. there, which... I guess makes sense, but I thought she still had to move around, like, physically, and she hadn't really done that before, other than, like, light on, light off, she's gone. But apparently, if there's darkness, she can just be like, boom, 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 boom. She's like, Nightcrawler, is that? Oh, yeah, yeah, she can teleport. (laughs) I guess that makes sense. I just hadn't seen it before in the film. I was like, oh, she can do that, too. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, then they don't stand a chance. (laughs) (laughs) And see, that's, that's where it's like, when you're trying to create a villain and what makes great villains it's like they they stick to a set of powers or rules on what they can and can't do yeah um and in this one i feel like they just make diana's character do whatever would make the scene maybe better or scarier rather than focusing on what you need in the moment what what can she do because if she can teleport why does she like run towards people um and sometimes you know when they're turning on the light she does move yeah. closer and closer. I think that's um, why it like messed with me because yeah, I was like, why doesn't she just always teleport? Because yeah, yeah, sometimes she runs. Yeah. So. Uh, and now that Becca and Martin are locked in the basement, the mom's asleep. Now it's Diana and Brett. Yeah. And this is earlier. I was saying some of the stuff that they think about is is kind of crazy on how fast they like think of it and do it because Diana is essentially like wwf style with yeah. brett she's going him hard up, on brett and, poor brett <laughs> she's she's clearly just hurting him yeah. rather than just like well i'm gonna kill this guy um because she clearly has the ability to just one shot and and eliminate him and he's, he's like character oh she's scared of the light maybe now all of us associate our phones with light but he like takes out his phone and he's using 
his phone's like to keep her away and he's running outside diana's lifting him up you know like six feet off the ground and she's beating him up and he somehow knows hey my car keys are in my pocket i'm gonna take it out and press the alarm because his his car is parked in the driveway then the car's light come up and then diana disappears and he falls where i'm like i would have never thought to do that with my car keys yeah, he's very smart, very fat. Yeah, that was, yeah. I like that scene, too. That was a really yeah. good scene when he's, like, running outside. First of all, it's hilarious because you're like, oh, Brett has finally had enough. He's like, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, he gets in his car. We cut to Becca and Martin in the oh, yeah, this is in funny. the basement. He turns on the engine, and then Martin's like, oh, my God, he's leaving us. And he's Becca's like, no, he would never leave she's us. She's like, no, 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 yeah. no. And I'm like, that's what I thought was funny. I was like, that's what you get for treating people so terribly. Yeah. But no, she was right. He wasn't leaving. Yeah, but then um, I thought it was a really good way of Martin showing Becca her place because... Becca tells him that Brett would never leave us. And then Martin tells her, well, you left. So why wouldn't he leave? That's a good, yeah, that's a good point too. Because not only is she incredibly cold to people and doesn't open up, she and she leaves people, her families. Mm-hmm. She then expects complete loyalty oh, from yeah. others. And I'm like, how? You yeah. haven't earned it. You haven't done anything yeah. that would reciprocate yeah. and it, such it, a relationship. It is a good way of showing like your character's growth. Becca was like this one dimensional, very selfish character. It's all about me, me, me into the possibility of her becoming like, I guess, like a foster parent to her brother. Because, you know, when when she was talking to CPS, they're like, look, if you want to be it, you got to take your mom to court. It's going to be very painful on the family. And you also have to be a responsible adult. Kind of pointing out that she doesn't think her place is a suitable environment to raise a child. So it's like there's hints of Becca's character growing, but it just like never really gets there until like the last couple minutes of the film. Very true. It's a very quick turnaround. Now we're in the basement with with Becca and Martin, and the mom does come out of the room at some point, but she gets mm-hmm. knocked out. I don't remember when that happened. Yeah. She's like gets knocked out for, yeah. she's like barely in the movie. Mm-hmm. She's the whole reason for yeah. the movie, apparently. But they're exploring. They started a fire. They find a black light, mm-hmm. and so Becca starts to explore the basement with the with the black light. It is a really long scene, maybe a little too long, but it is cool. Moments they have more mannequins in mm-hmm. the basement, but these mannequins are creepy as fuck. Yeah, like yeah, because they even have like masks. Yes, on or something. I'm like, did Diana do that? Because I can't imagine that the dad was doing that, or if he was, that's a great image of him, like. <laughs> This is what I do on yeah. the, for art. This is my hobby. I like to <laughs> take some mannequins home and give them real creepy, spooky faces. <laughs> but of course, everyone and all the mannequins also have like this long black hair because that's what yeah. Diana has. And yeah, why are you giving your mannequins in the basement wigs? Interesting. <laughs> there, she uh, has a black light over the wall, part of the mm-hmm. wall, and there's writing all over it. Very orphan-esque. Mm-hmm. The orphan, right? Yeah. And what does it say? It says... Just like the hospital, trapped down here, take Sophie away from me, and then forget Diana. Mm-hmm. So we were confused because we were like, the first three, what, they kind of make sense. 
that it's from Diana's perspective, mm-hmm. just like the hospital. She was trapped in a basement mm-hmm. when she was younger. Ta- like, they're trying to take Sophie away from me. But then, like, forget Diana. Is she saying that Sophie's trying to forget her? It's just, like, an odd way. Maybe say, don't forget yeah. Diana. I don't know. It's just kind of odd. Yeah, and maybe it was cut off, and then in, in the editing, editing, they lost it. But I feel like it should have been, like, you don't take Sophie away from me. Don't forget me. Because mm-hmm. then it was, like, who wrote it? And it's, like... If it really was Diana, like, why are you writing in Sophie's basement? Like, clearly it's just more for the audience. Exactly. Um, it's convoluted. Than, just, yeah. like, it didn't need to be there, and you just made it more convoluted yeah, by and, it being there. So, and, Becca walks up to the back of a mannequin, and it turns around, and it's Diana! <laughs> and you can see her with a black light, yeah. which, I'm curious, did you do any research into this? Into, like, the sources of light and why that's well, a thing? Yeah, I mean... And then this is where it's like, it's not consistent. I, I don't expect the, the directors to understand the energy of photons and different wavelengths of light and things like that. But it kind of irritated me because they're like, okay, here's this child who is sensitive to light. And then it's like, well, what kind of light does the sun emit? And then it's like, you have this UV light. And I guess there's, there's different forms of black light, one being UV, where it's like, if she was sensitive to UV, then a black light should definitely hurt her. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's one of those, I guess, more like, I don't know, prop store black light where it's much more of a purple light, um, there isn't as much energy. And you can say, well, it's just enough energy to light, but not enough energy to hurt. Okay. Um, but what was really weird is that in other scenes, just a straight up light bulb makes Diana disappear. But if somehow you shine both a black light and uh flashlight oh yeah you all like you start burning her skin like you see blisters or like her skin just like falling apart where it's like if someone just poured you know concentrated hydrochloric acid on um your your skin and it just started burning off so it was like you know these different type of light clearly that's not where the movie was going for but um as a scientist like that's what i'm thinking yeah and it's like you have to establish these rules because is that a way to kill her becca's holding the black light over her martin comes in with a flashlight and that's when we see that it burns uh yeah so she'll stay and get burned by a light if she's Mm -hmm. in black light if she's in black light like somehow the black light prevents her from teleporting to another dark spot yeah i think room. she just physically moved her arm yeah because she room, yeah she's just way. like mo- moving back not flashing away or anything so now becca and martin are like okay we can use this technology to hurt or even stop diana or break the connection between her and her mom becca found a good one brett didn't leave her he comes back he brings the cops yeah. i think the movie just wanted a few more kills brett is like take your lights take lights don't mm-hmm. turn off lights and it's so tough because I was like, what would I do in that situation? Because I know a cop's not going to listen to me, but I'm also like, guys, seriously, take lights. Don't be in the dark. But I don't know. I don't yeah. like I understand that the cops are like, shut up. Like, yeah. let us do our thing. Brett stays outside. They go in. They hear Becca and Martin. They let them out of the basement. But then they both get killed. And yeah, it looks like both of them got their eyes taken. Their eyes look all bloody. Oh, okay. That's why I was like, oh, is it something with the eyes? And I'm okay with it never being explained, yeah. just like a nice little touch. But, okay, so the cops are dead. Like I said, I think just more bodies because that served nothing. Yeah, but when one of the officers 
was like in the basement they kind of she they see the silhouette and they see it's like oh there's a woman there i don't know if they think it's the mom so the guy goes to check it out and you see the dark silhouette of diana and i thought it was a really great scene where the police officer is shooting oh i forgot about that and when the you know when when a gun shoots apparently there's a bright flash but is um, that real is that really what happens when i don't you know I'm, I'm not a I'm not a. As we said in Caliber, our first episode, we are not gun experts. Yeah, we're not gun experts. We don't (laughs) own guns. I feel like I fired a weapon, but never in the dark. I hope not. My goodness. I I don't know. Uh, But I feel like in movies, it's common where someone shoots, you see the the flash. So the, the cop shoots multiple times, and each time Diana disappears, but she keeps coming closer and closer to him, which is, it wasn't really great scene because there's so much intensity and adrenaline going on and she kills the other one off screen then diana starts going to town on becca oh my Mm -hmm. gosh she's like i've had enough of you yeah she picks her up and throws over a banister and i'm like if maybe you wouldn't have died but you definitely would have broken something you're not just getting up and running after that situation yeah and at this point like is the mom present the mom, I think, is present, yeah. like, right after that. She, like, wakes up and yeah. comes downstairs. Yeah, because during the showdown between Diana and Becca, Diana, like, reveals to, to Becca, I'm the one that killed your dad. Oh, yeah. So this was, like, and, and I wish the film would have, I don't know, maybe... Sprinkled that in more, right? But like, but it's, like, also, hints. like, oh, my God, my, my dad was there. May, maybe have Becca flashback to mm. some... Just like I feel like it could have been very easily missed um, where it's like, oh, I killed your dad. And it I don't know, the the sound didn't even change so much of Becca's, I guess, like persona has been on. Well, my dad left us. Mm -hmm. They abandoned the family. My mom's depressed. Now I'm going to leave where it's like it could have been a little bit more, I don't know, like earth shattering of a news for us. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It's blink and you miss it type situation. Mm-hmm. I think actually, this is what I mean about such a quick turnaround. She's like, Martin, we are leaving. And Martin's like, no, you can't. Again, you can't leave our mom. So then two second turnaround. Becca's like, yeah. you're right. I'm going to be a good person. Martin, you're out the door. Yeah. And I'm going to stay and I'm going to confront Diana with my mom. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so throughout the movie, I think it's said like two or three times the mom has said to Diana, you're nothing without me mm-hmm. or you don't yeah. exist without me. So she says that again in this final scene. And the mom's like, don't hurt my children. Mm-hmm. And she has a gun and Diana's like, that won't hurt me. And then uh, the mom like raises it to her own head and is like, well, this will. I'm going to kill myself. And she does. And yeah. Diana disintegrates. And this is where I have an issue with it because depression just... It doesn't just affect one person. Like, she kills herself and then Diana's gone. And mm-hmm. um, movie pretty much over. But there's, like, this scene at the end where they pull out and they show the house and the three characters together. And I kept, like, scanning the whole frame. Like, mm-hmm. where's Diana? Where's Diana? Because I know that she's not gone. She's depression. She's attached herself to someone else. If it's to Martin, if it's to Becca, like, she's there. You don't just get rid of it. And, like, you just watched your mom kill herself in front of you. Mm-hmm. You're going to be immensely upset. Like, I don't care who you are. Maybe she was there, but I didn't see her. And and I think I may have missed it, but I feel like I was reading some articles where they say when, when they pull out of the scene, 
the lights in the house flicker. Oh, I I did make note of that. I didn't see the lights, but I saw when they were in the ambulance sitting there, the lights flickered. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I did make the light of note of that. I was like, mm-hmm. maybe that's saying that Diane is still around. But okay, so that's cool. But I don't want to be. I've been mean the whole time. Yeah. I was like. The film's not has not been that subtle to this point yeah. for that to actually be like, oh, this is Diana. Mm-hmm. They're gonna show a fig a figure in the window. Yeah. So, oh no, they actually were that subtle. Okay, yeah. good job. I just didn't. I thought the movie was so clumsy, and so heavy-handed that that was not saying that Diana was there. And in in my research of this film, and I feel like this is the struggle between the way a story is written versus what Hollywood or studios do. It gets um, messed up to, sometimes. To make it a certain way because audiences liked it. So there was uh, an interview with the director, because um, I think it's it, it was widely believed that Diana was a metaphor for the mom's depression. Mm-hmm. And she kills herself in when sometimes people who have depression feel like they can take the burden away from the family oh. by doing suicide. And Sandberg, who has dealt with depression himself said the way he wrote this movie was that the mom did kill herself but diana comes back okay so when they were doing it with test audiences the audiences hated that after the mom killed herself diana comes back because essentially her suicide was for nothing because suicide Um, is for nothing though but the director didn't want Diana to be a metaphor for depression. He didn't. That want it was her? much more of a like a ghost thing. Oh. Because he's battled with depression himself and okay. um was trying to go one way and so he was saying like the movie was actually supposed to go for ten minutes and more and they somehow defeat Diana like in a different method. Oh but audiences nice. hated that the mom killed herself and then Diana's still there Mm. that I feel like the studio put a lot of pressure in like well once the mom kills herself Diana's dead and Mm. if she comes back it'll be in the sequel or or the prequel type stuff um so that's interesting because clearly so many people got the depression metaphor Mm -hmm. and then I feel like her killing the mom killing herself and then Diana still being there and that the end of the film makes so much sense for depression because suicide is for nothing like it's don't do it that's not you're not helping anyone that's a terrible way to do anything or to resolve anything what what is it they say it's a lifetime it's a finite solution for a momentary problem so for me that would make more sense and more impact because it's like yeah she did die for nothing because it's a terrible thing mental illness but it needs to be dealt with and and tried and worked on in a more impactful and compassionate way. The way that they did it, I guess the lights flicker, so it's kind of mm-hmm. like that in a sense. But then the yeah. way that the director was wanting to do it, where they do defeat her anyways, it's still the same thing yeah. in a way, since he didn't want it to be about depression, which yeah, and, and that's confuses like, me. Yeah, and that's where it's like, but it's one of those where it's like, if the director didn't want it to be this way, then go all in in the other way, and they kind of go back and forth between the two yeah um, but maybe that was like some pushback from the studio or something i don't yeah, know um, but if the director says it's not depression then i'm not gonna like it's his movie i'm right, not gonna yeah, be it's, like it's yes the, it is like yeah. you wrote it it's not yeah. depression um, 
but just it, telling you what I thought and what I got out of but it. At, at the same time, film is an artistic <laughs> medium, <laughs> and the audience can, you know, are, are free to believe whatever they want. And That's just true. originally, when I had watched it, I thought it was like a, a depression thing because mm-hmm. Diana can latch on to the boy, can latch mm-hmm. on to Becca, um, and it's just personified in this dark creature. Yeah. But then to like throw all that away, it's. You yeah, know, it kind of takes away from it. But the way this film was done, I like. I I thought it was like the mom was depressed, and this was her way of saving her children from her burden. But that is not the message the director wanted to entail. Mm, interesting. All right, learn something else new. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts about it? Um, closing thoughts. I really like this film. I thought it was a really clever way of just using the darkness and my own fear and where I'm somewhere, I'm like, did I see something? Did I not? Mm-hmm. Um, it really got into my psyche and like <laughs> just using basic human instinct. Uh, like I said, uh, some of the stuff that some of the characters, I was like, wow, I wouldn't have thought of that. I definitely would have been killed by Diana. I would have been killed in, like, yeah. almost every horror movie we watch. Yeah. I mean, I can sit there all day and yell at the screen, like, you're so dumb, why didn't you do yeah. that? But plot-wise, plot I thought it was, like, fairly believable, the characters. Um, I like it as a concept. Mm-hmm. I really like that short film. It's really nice. I like the little vignettes with Diana. Mm-hmm. Less so when she's getting physical, more when she's the lights-on-lights-off type vibe, and it's more of a psychological terror. Yeah. I like that. Gosh, like a family dynamic, family struggle is so interesting and it can be really compelling, but this just wasn't. And you said it's a short film, but it dragged at times for me. Yeah, overall, like it has its moments. I do care about Martin, Brett. As much as Becca annoys me, I didn't ever want her to die (laughs) or her mom. Yeah, it's serviceable. (laughs) It's so rude. Yeah, I know. I hope that A Lights Out 2 comes out, whether it's a prequel into how Diana came to be or if it's a sequel of mm. what, what happens to that family or, or maybe a completely different family. I'm um, curious then if there is a Lights Out 2 and if it's done by the same director, is he going to lean into the depression now or is right. he going to say, no, I'm sticking to my guns. Yeah. I haven't changed my mind. It's not depression. Yeah. So that would be interesting mm-hmm. to see. Anything else? All right, great. So tell us your thoughts about the film. Leave any suggestions for future films you want to watch or you want us to talk about. And thanks for watching. See you next time.